You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 358. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. The Eagles signed a Hall of Famer this week. Before we get to all that good stuff and the injury reports and the Eagles Dolphins preview, let me tell you about right wrong crowd <laughs> beer, <laughs> wrong crowd brewery in uh, in Westchester, PA. Delicious food, great beer. Enjoying the Oktoberfest personally myself. Uh, we're probably going to do not a not a meet and greet, not a live show. Maybe like a, a like a game watch, and it can't be an Eagles game because. I go to all the Eagles games. Brandon goes to all the home games. I go to all the road games. So impossible for me to be at two places at once. So maybe we'll do like a, a Thursday Cowboys-Seahawks game. party. Sure, we can go with that. Um, yeah, at Wrong Crowd Beer in Westchester, PA. So that game is November 30th. And, you know, to be determined, I'm we're, we're, we're strongly leaning toward doing that. Uh, but sort of, you know... Keep that date open if you would until uh, we finalize that. But anyway, wrongcrowdbeer.com is where you can order their beer online or you can go wherever you buy your beer. Ask for Wrong Crowd Beer. If they don't have it, then be like, yo, dude, get some Wrong Crowd Beer in here so I can buy that up and be able to give you money for the beer that's the best in the mm-hmm. land anyway. And then yeah. all right, consume it responsibly. That's right. Very important as well. All right. The Eagles signed Julio Jones. When was that? Tuesday? One of the cool things yes. about this job is like, you know, I went into the Eagles facilities for, you know, media access, Nick Sirianni press conference, um, whatever. It's like, yeah, I met I met Julio Jones today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like it's kinda it's kinda cool sometimes. Like, oh, there's Julio Jones. So I've been watching that guy for more than a decade now, and he's been one of the best players in the NFL for he was one of the best players in the NFL from like a span of like twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen. He was averaging like you know, over a hundred catches per year, like around fifteen hundred receiving yards. Never like never really scored a ton of touchdowns in his career. Mm. And we can uh, get to you that. know, relative Relative to other like Hall of Fame receivers, that is, but just a dominant receiver in his heyday. Uh, played a couple, played one year I think with the Titans, and then one year with the Buccaneers after a long career with the Falcon Falcons. You know, I think initially like it was thought of as infamously trading uh, just a boatload of picks to go up and draft Julio mm-hmm. Jones, and then they're ultimately proven right because because <laughs> of how good he yeah. was uh, over his career. I think they drafted him what fifth overall or something like that. So he's had, he he's had a great career. I actually watched. I, I cut up all of his targets with the Buccaneers last year, and we'll get to all that. Um, but I came a little bit. I came away more impressed than I was expecting uh, from him. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it's a signing. It's a big name. Um, it'll he'll just be a role player. What what was your initial takeaways on on uh, on that side? The timing is funny in that the Eagles are coming off of this loss where they're so decimated at safety and you know right tackle offensive line especially where it's like all right like that's cool but what about all those other <laughs> spots still um but 
obviously here with us not knowing that Devonte smith was added to the wednesday injury report with a hamstring injury and mm-hmm. now he is out there at practice on thursday so it seems like he has a chance to play this week but still with him banged up and obviously the eagles put quez watkins on injured reserve prior to week six they i think they clearly just felt like they need more depth uh there it's not like they really i think trust britain covey to play a wide receiver if he had to play a ton so mm-hmm. and obviously it I mean, they, they they Devin Allen was a was a practice squad call up mm-hmm. in the last game, and he I I can't remember now. Like he didn't even return kicks, right? No, he wasn't even back on there, right? Special teams coverage units. So I mean, they they brought him up because they needed wide receiver mm-hmm. depth, and they didn't bring him up to be a gunner. Not you only, know? so yeah. like they they yeah exactly. So like they need they needed more receivers and uh and julio jones so i had actually gotten a question about him during the offseason in like may somebody said oh there's there's a report that julio jones is like the eagles are interested in julio jones and like i was enjoying my day Mm -hmm. and i'm like wait what (laughs) so like i just stopped what i was doing and see like what that was all about and it was just somebody who had written an article about how like you know he might make sense for the Eagles and you know and that he's ring chasing mm-hmm. and the Eagles could just add you know that why not add another you know receiver to the mix and I remember at the time like I didn't poo poo that um, I thought that actually yeah sure bring him in and if he can give you anything then great and you know on the assumption that you know you're not paying him a lot of money but he's kind of on like the Indomitian Sioux right. Linval Joseph path here where he probably, you know, he's 34 years old. He just probably doesn't want to go through an NFL training well, camp. Don't again. tell him that. Cause he said he's coming here to dominate. It, I, I love the confidence. And I mean, and sure he's a hall of famer. He's been, <laughs> he's been like the best player on his team, the entirety of his career until like the last couple of years. Of course, he's going to probably feel that way because you know, that's who he is. Like he's, he's a, he was a dominant player for a really, really long time. And like the question that he was asked when he said that was like, it was, it was in regard to, you know, maybe being like a role mm-hmm. player. And he prefaced that, that comment by saying, yeah, I'll do whatever the team needs me to do and, and blah, 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 blah. But don't get it twisted. I am here to dominate. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I feel, I feel like that's how, I think that's a great mindset for him to have. Like no matter what your role is, go out there and, and try to, you know, try to dominate your opponent. Like, I think it's a great mindset. And uh, he's a guy that he knows what he's doing. Um, Why not just get into what I saw on the film here real quick. Sure. The Buccaneers took way more deep shots to him last season than I was anticipating. And he actually got open on a lot of them. But to my surprise, like Tom Brady missed a lot of the deep throws that, that they were trying to get to him. And then, uh, you know, a lot of other things that you would expect. Like they used them on quick slants and then they used them on a lot of like, they'd line them up on the same side as either one or two other receivers. And those receivers would basically run vertical routes, clear out, and then he would just do a little quick in and they'd get him the ball with a little bit of space and try to get him some yards after the catch. And what impressed me about him is that even at his age, he was making defenders earn their tackles. So he was trying to run guys over, run through them. He broke like a surprising number of tackles, in my opinion. If he was near the sideline, he wasn't just stepping out of bounds. He was making defenders pay for trying to tackle them. And that's a, that took me by surprise for a player at his age that he was still kind of playing that hard. And um, he dealt with some injuries last year. Like he had a, a PCL injury. and He played week one. He missed weeks two and three. Played week four, missed weeks five, six, and seven, I believe. 
and it's kind of like, you know, uh, I mean, obviously the Bucks have great receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, not unlike the Eagles. So he was playing a role there. Mm-hmm. In the playoff game against the Cowboys, yeah. he was like one of the only Buccaneers players who actually showed up to that game. He had seven catchers of 70-something yards and a really impressive touchdown deep down the left sideline. Uh, the, basically the highlight of the Buccaneers' day uh, was, was, was made by Julio Jones in, in that game. So, like, for me, at a minimum... He has a significant upgrade. Twenty, I'll say the twenty twenty two version of Julio Jones is a significant upgrade, and there's a little bar here. Significant upgrade over Quez Watkins. I think that's what he's coming in here to be. The Eagles talked about how you know when they're missing Quez Watkins there, like part of the the, the downside of him getting hurt, like Nick Sirianni is, and or even coming off of the um, week five game against the Rams, like part of the value that Quez has obviously stretching the field, deep speed. And I feel like with him going on IR, that's not something they're just like, oh, okay, we're okay with missing that. No. I mean, they, they for how much they had Quez out there, who was a very flawed player, that really shows you they value that role. And it seems like this year in general, they've definitely used more 11 personnel. So you're going to have three receivers mm-hmm. on the field. Then why not actually get someone that they like more in that capacity? They clearly don't love Alameda Zacchaeus. Like they have not been eager to get him on the field. He's only played a lot and hasn't really been used. He's only played a lot when Quez has been out, and he hasn't been used mm-hmm. a lot when he has played. So, uh, and the the catches he's had, a couple of them were like out of structure plays. You know, they're not like designed targets for him. So, uh, I definitely think that Julio Jones is just is an up. He, he is is going to play the Quez Watkins role. I think mostly. And he's going to be an upgrade on that player. I do worry about, you know, injury. That is something that could happen, especially as it's age. But, and I also think, you know, he has to come in here knowing, and I think he does, to your point about playing in an offense with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, there is like a reality check of, okay, you know, you're not the A1 target. Like you're, mm-hmm. Devontae Smith is here. AJ Brown is here. Dallas Goddard is here. They're still going to be targeted probably behind all three of those guys. Um, but you do have a chance to come in here. And not as much thrive on volume as much as you can make some big plays and be an efficient player, which ideally that's what Quez is supposed to be. The best version of Quez is supposed to be not a high volume guy, but a high efficiency guy. And he hasn't been because he hasn't been good. But I think it's possible that Julio can come in and be that high efficiency guy. He's 6'3", he's 220, and at the Combine way back in 2011... Uh, ran a four three four. Okay, so he's not running a four three four anymore, or or anything close. <laughs> but you know what I kind of saw from his game, from from you know his his targets last year with the Bucks. He doesn't he, like he's not slow. He can he can when he gets in the open field, he can gallop a little bit. Like there was a play against the Seahawks, I think it was, where he ran a little uh, crosser and he was wide open. Uh, Brady hit him, and then he had open field to run, and he took it to the house, and it was like a thirty two yard touchdown, something like that. And he did not look slow on that play. They actually pitched him like the, he he actually like on jet sweeps. Mm. He had five carries. I saw that for forty five yards. He, and he and when you watch him, he picked up four first downs mm-hmm. on those. And he looked he looked good like running with the football. Um, and that's so something they like to do with Quiz in the past. I, I think he still has some speed, and he plays in the slot. He plays outside. He did that all, his whole career. And in the game against uh, the Jets. There were times where Alameda was lining up outside because, you know, the Eagles want to use A.J. Brown in the slot mm-hmm. sometimes. They want to use Devontae Smith in the, in the slot sometimes. And Alameda on, on the outside, just, it's not going to work. Like, he's just not going to get the ball when he's lining up outside because it's just not what his strength is. So if they want to have, you know, 11 personnel on the field and they want to line up A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith in the slot, 
Julio Jones is not going to be out of his element lining up on the outside and on, on those plays. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to step in right away and be the number three receiver over, you know, Alameda, whenever Quez comes back, if he comes back, I think, he, I think Julio Jones is your number three going forward. Last thing I have on him is that the Eagles never really truly replaced Zach Pascal as their enforcer. Mm-hmm. And in that mold of a guy who's bigger, like Alameda is, just doesn't have that same physical mold of a bigger player. He's feisty. He's, he's willing, feisty, but not as but big. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. have the pure size. So I don't know, you know, how good Julio Jones is as a run blocker. But in theory, you know, he has the size to be better, I think, than mm-hmm. Alameda's key is. So that's not like the main reason why you signed him. This isn't like Riley Cooper over here trying to sign him for his blocking or herald that. But, I mean, that should be an added bonus that if you're using him uh, in that role as well, he can give you something that you really haven't had with an even bigger receiver out there blocking. Oh, I guess the, the one true last thing I had to say is I saw a lot of people being like, this is for the red zone. But as you mentioned, if you look at Julio Jones' career, he yeah. wasn't known for being like a red zone guy. He didn't score famously. If you listened to the SB Nation NFL show ever, my uh, co-host, former co-host Rob Stats Guerrera would always get on Julio for like, like thought he was worse than he was because like, where are the touchdowns? Where's the touchdown production? You know, like you have to score touchdowns. I like players who score touchdowns. That's what he would always say. Um, so mm-hmm. that is a like a weird thing because in theory, you would think his size and athleticism lends to being dominant down there, but really hasn't been. Famously did not make the catch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was thrown a little high, right? <laughs> I thought it was a good throw. I thought it was a little high. high. I mean, he would he, he would have landed out of bounds anyway, if, even if he made the catch. But yeah. uh, the Eagles were fortunate. Eagles were very fortunate to win that game uh, against the Falcons and <laughs> in the uh, in the divisional round mm-hmm. of the year that won the Super Bowl. Uh, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of balls bounced the right way for the Eagles. Well, yeah. But uh, overall, I think it's a fine signing. It's uh, if if it doesn't pan out. Who cares? Like, you know, it's really not that big a deal. They probably just uh, go, you know, probably go shopping for another receiver. Uh, well, maybe not. I mean, I guess the trade deadline is, uh, what is it, October? Is, is it Halloween? It is Halloween. Or is it November 1st? Last thing I'll okay. say, the real last 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 thing I'll say on Julio is uh, apparently wearing number 80. My hashtag yeah. jersey number analytics take on this is limited options when you're joining the team in mid-October. So it's not like he had the, the pick of the litter there. I do like 80s on bigger wide receivers. So I do like that conceptually. I have said this many a times in the past, talking about the Eagles jersey number font. It's just not good for certain numbers. I think eight and zero yeah. specifically, just not. It's not the best font for that number as opposed to other teams. So um, it's kind of a middle of the road jersey number pick for me. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's fine. If it's like the 90s, 80 was the 80 is what you wanted if you're a Jerry Mike Rice, Quick. Andre Risen. No, Mike Quick was 82. Yeah. He's going to be so pissed uh, if he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Uh, Steve, Steve Largent, I believe, was 80 from the Seahawks. A uh, bunch of 80s out there. Uh, but yeah, nowadays, you know, you want to be in the teens or, or the single du- digit numbers these 81 days. 81 is the best receiver number, especially if it's a big guy. Like T.O., you know, who else had it? Uh, you said, did you say Jerry Rice for 80? Because he was in the I did okay. say Jerry Rice, yes. Um, who else is in 81? I don't know. I just feel like 81 is the... No, Jerry Rice is 80. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm getting... Yes, yeah, okay. But putting that aside, I think 81 is a great number for a big receiver, especially. Uh, 11 works for AJ. Um, 
So he was actually talking about his numbers uh, in the locker room, and like eleven was kind of given to him. It, it was, there wasn't there wasn't that many. No, 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 no. Uh, Julio, oh, okay, when he was with the when Falcons, he, was a rookie. he like he, he didn't necessarily want eleven. Eleven's great it was just for what him was available though, because, but it worked for him. And then a lot of guys like became eleven thereafter. Like eleven became a popular number thereafter. Well, it's great for him because his initials are JJ. So you can like you can turn those ones into J's, and, and if you're doing okay. like an athlete logo branding thing, so that's actually a fantastic <laughs> okay. number. I feel yeah. like. Anyway, man, that Mike Quick thing was so bad. Can't believe I got that wrong. <laughs> if he doesn't, I'm gonna make sure. Oh, no. he. I'm gonna make sure that he hears that you thought oh, no. he was eighty. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I wasn't alive when he played, but true. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, uh, thumbs up from you. Yeah, I mean, why not? There's really not much downside. It's worth a shot. If it doesn't work out, if he gets hurt or whatever, because I'm an IR or you cut him or whatever, not the biggest deal. I I guess the only thing, the, the way I see downside is that if he comes in and has is like expecting a bigger role and making a stink about it, which I don't expect, but something like that, or if he comes in and like hurts his throwing to him a lot more than we expect, and all of a sudden like either Goddard or Devontae is like really falling off all of a sudden, and that kind of Devonte especially since he hasn't been paid yet that could create some weirdness there but uh, until that happens we will not I'm not going to just assume that's going to happen yeah the durability for me is, is sort of the uh a, a question and then is he cooked like because you know I looked at like what he did in 2022 but you know we're again we're another year removed from that so um you how much more precipitously does his decline continue so uh, I don't know. We'll see. And I think they're going to get him on the field, by the way, quickly. Like, I think he's going to play week seven against the Dolphins. I think he's going to be out there right away. Yeah, it's Julio uh, Jones. We'll anyway. Like, how much, you know, <laughs> practice time does he need? Yeah. Right. All right, let's get to the other news, which is the injury report. Um, four guys did not practice at all on Wednesday. They were Lane Johnson, of course, Reed Blankenship. Devontae Smith was the surprise one in there with the hamstring and Bradley Roby. So um, Lane, uh, his buddy, Brian Baldinger, yes, basically said he's going to play. Brian Baldinger works out with Lane in Lane's barn in Moorestown. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I should have doxed him on that. No, Baldy said that. <laughs> I think that's, well, I mean, I think that's well, the, oh, the location. Okay? I don't he's... know that you needed to say the location, but he, Baldy <laughs> did say on Pardon My Take that he was working out at the barn and he saw Lane and he said Lane will be fine and ready to go. I just saw uh, Baldy on NFL Network like a half hour ago. We're recording this at 2.50. This is 2.50 right now, by the way. Baldy, who has me blocked uh, on Twitter for no real reason. Someone <laughs> tweet at Baldy and tell him to unblock me. I've tried to message him to tell him to unblock me from the Bleeding Green Nation if account. He's gonna, if, he, if he's going to block anyone, it should be me. I would like I've, yeah, I've never uh, said a bad word about it. I like Baldy. I, I think he's, he's I like Baldy, too, to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> Don't block me. What the hell? <laughs> Anyway, signs are pointing toward Lane Johnson playing in this game, um, which they sorely need because Jack Driscoll is terrible uh, in their loss to the Jets. We covered that in depth in the last episode, so we're not going to we're not going to pile on Jack in this episode. Uh, Devontae Smith had a had a like a, a sleeve, we'll call mm. it, on his uh, right leg. I think it was right leg. Uh, Olivier Rainer of the Inquirer posted a picture of that from uh, Thursday's practice. 
Reed Blankenship did not practice on Wednesday, like I just said. Did also did not practice on Wednesday. Mm. Oh, I should note, Lane and Devontae were both at least we don't know we don't have the injury report for Thursday yet, but they were at least limited. So they're doing at least positional mm-hmm. drills, like individual drills. Um so that's a good sign for both of those guys. Reed Blankenship did not he was he was out at practice, but was not participating. One thing I'll say about him is he had the uh rib injury week one against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Came out of that game, went back in, and he finished that game. Did like did not look hurt at all in the rest of that game. In the locker room after the game, did like seemed fine. And then he missed week two with that injury against the against the Vikings in this last game, week six against the Jets. He did not look good when he got hurt. He was on the field, clearly in a lot of pain. Uh, had to leave the field, like went into the locker room for for X rays, I guess. Um, so my guess is that he probably won't go. Yeah. Which not great because they are light on Sydney Brown will be back. Is uh it looks like. he was a full participant on Wednesday and he even said in the locker room, I'm gonna be back. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he starts. Um He has I mean, to. Who else would? He I guess he has right, I guess he would, because it would be either, you know, it, would be, it wouldn't be Makai right. Gardner, I guess. So it'll be it'll be Terrell Edmonds and, and Sidney Brown. Brown. Sidney Brown will get his first NFL start. Uh, you know, against I mean, <laughs> against the team. Good lord! I think that's a good first thing. First NFL starting Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. I'll get to that. I guess I can get to that later. I think there's we can get into this when we talk about the matchup itself. But Sidney Brown seems like a variance kind of player. You know what I mean? In terms of like can make a big play, can give up a big play. Might not be the worst Nick thing Folesian. against this Dolphins team in terms of like you might need to be able to make some big plays and not yeah. just count on your yeah. defense to like get stops all day. Is the point? Yeah, that was kind of like uh, what we talked about a lot during training camp where um, he's fast and when he decides he's going to break on whatever he thinks he sees, he's there in a flash. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. can be a little over aggressive at times, maybe overrun tackles, maybe run to the wrong place where the ball is yeah, not going. Coverage bus. and And then, oops. So... Yeah, I mean, maybe the Eagles let up a big play in this game because of that, or maybe he makes or a big both. play because of that. You said high variance, like Nick, very Nick Folesian. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's the safety version of Nick Foles, we'll call him. <laughs> that would be a very good outcome for a third-round pick. Yes, <laughs> and that which Nick Foles was. Yep. Uh, and Bradley Roby, uh, the shoulder injury, looks like he's probably not going to play, and you can tell just by their actions. They signed Josiah Scott yeah. off of the Steelers practice squad. Uh, so he had to be added to the 53 man roster. It's funny. Like they, they signed two guys this week, Josiah Scott <laughs> and Julio Jones. Josiah Scott was signed to the 53 man roster. Julio Jones. Yeah, that's funny. Sorry. So, so, sorry, sir. <laughs> You're going to have to hang out on the practice squad for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, they, they, that's what NFL rules are. Mm-hmm. You have to be signed to the 53 man roster. If you're poaching them off of somebody's practice for three squad. weeks, they so have that's to, why he's on the 53 they have to pay him three weeks salary and keep that roster spot, I believe for three weeks. Yes. Yeah. Josiah Scott, you know, not good last year when no. he had to play um, actually bad in, in relief of, in, in, in fact, like opposing teams were purposely just trying to get matchups against yeah. him in the slot with their best receivers. And they were very. It was actually during an Eagles winning streak, but they were very successful targeting him and you know kind of getting over on him. So is he going to start? Is it just that guy going to start? In this I think game? it might be more of like a rotation again. With I think you'll see Scott in there. I think Eli Ricks, who was able to avoid being more seriously hurt than it kind of originally looked in the Jets game, he was full participant on Wednesday. I think they're going to mix him in there still. 
I think it's going to be a rotation because they've been rotating guys in there. It's possible. Maybe do the Bradbury thing again where do he Bradbury. slides inside and they, and they put uh, Job outside. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see. I don't like that, though, because Job doesn't have good speed. <sighs> Not that Josiah Scott does. <laughs> it's yeah. a tough, tough, tough week to have secondary but issues. But part of why they added Scott, too, I think, isn't just the slot thing, but also because they're so light at safety. He He did play safety there, I think, each of the past two years at various points in training camp. So he has some kind of experience repping there. I obviously, I think that's more of an emergency situation, but I think they would rather potentially do that than have Mackay Gardner having to play, who was an undrafted right. free agent who didn't even play safety at all in training camp. And I guess has been doing it recently leading up to uh, this game, the past week's game. But uh, Josiah Scott has taken more NFL practice reps there at safety. The two guys we should really get to as well who were limited on Wednesday were Jalen Carter yes. and Darius Slay, who both didn't play against the Jets. Slay, they have to have in this game. Like, there's just nowhere. He's got to <laughs> yeah. play in this game against the Dolphins, or they are screwed. Mm-hmm. And then Jalen Carter, uh, it's hard to say that they didn't miss him because he's playing like an all-pro type of player, but <laughs> Fletcher Cox played well, in my opinion. I thought Milton Williams made a lot of plays in the backfield. It was very disruptive. Jordan Davis had a good game. Yeah. But when you have a guy who's playing at all-pro level, you want him. that You obviously want him and also, playing. And also, like, the one thing you can criticize the defense for, I think, from the Jets game is they didn't force a turnover. Obviously, some of that's, like, right. luck and hard to totally control. But the, Zach mm-hmm. Wilson's a quarterback who averages a turnover a game. So, like... And Jalen Carter could conceivably, you know, force Wilson into an interception by pressuring him. Sure. Or, so, like, I think that could have been the uh, that. I don't think it's just because, like, oh, the defensive line is great. They didn't even need Jalen Carter. It's like, no, it's a different level. And I think he could actually, you know, he could force a turnover. So, yeah, getting him back against the Dolphins, I think, is incredibly huge because, and we'll get more into this as well, you have Tua Tungavailoa throwing the ball more quickly than any quarterback in the NFL with an average release time of 2.32 seconds. And by contrast, Jalen Hurts is second to last at 3.21. So almost, not quite, but almost a full second uh, quicker than Jalen Hurts. Like getting that interior up the middle, most disruption I think is like the most valuable pass rush you could possibly have against a quarterback like that. Yeah, that was always the thing with like Drew Brees was you wanted to get pressure up the middle because he, a he got the ball out quickly, but also because he wasn't very tall. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you know getting edge pressure wasn't as effective because you just step up in the right. pocket and, and deliver. Um, and I think too is a similar kind of like similar style quarterback uh, to Drew Brees. So you want you want to get that pressure up the middle. And if you can have Jalen Carter available, then obviously that's a big deal. Yeah. Two other guys, real quick. Dallas Goddard got hurt during the game against the Jets. Uh, was in the medical tent during the final drive. Grant Calcaterra was out there. Turns out he has a groin injury. He was limited on Wednesday. And then Milton Williams came out of the game, went back in against the Jets, also limited Wednesday. He'll probably be a go uh, on Sunday against the Dolphins. And then uh, the full guys were who? They were... Uh, they were Sidney Brown, Sydney Brown <coughs> Eli Ricks, Ricks, I think is important because I think Ricks could contribute in the slot. And I think Marlon Tui-Pelotu is actually kind of like low-key important because... The Eagles have been banged up at defensive tackle in terms of Cox has been dealing with his back injury. Uh, uh, Jordan Davis has been fine. Milton Williams got banged up. Jim Carter missed a game. So uh, I think you would like, especially now with guys banged up, to having to, to be having that six-man rotation they have there. So if they can get Tui back, it's not like he himself is so great, but the fact that they can trust him to play and can actually you know take some of the workload off of the guys who are banged up, I think that's good as well. 
Yeah. And we'll get to the Dolphins injuries uh, when we talk about the matchups in segment number two. But before we get to that, if you're looking to buy or sell your home, call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Again, Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe, in case you didn't know. Uh, so you'd be crazy not to use her to buy or sell mm-hmm. a home. Um, Brandon? Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, let's get into this Eagles Dolphins Sunday Night Football. Lincoln Financial. It's gonna Field. be awesome. This is an awesome matchup. <laughs> like, Kelly Green. Very, very two very fun teams to watch. The Kelly Green debut. I think that's gonna look really cool. Uh it's the helmets look cool in person. By the way, they look cool in the pictures. They all had them hanging up in the locker room. Yeah, They're wearing them the today. I don't know if you ve- noticed that for the. Uh, I did, yeah, and it does look weird with like the midnight green yeah. jerseys. <laughs> yeah, come on, get some uh, Kelly Green practice jerseys or something. I mean, go all out. Why not? If you're really leaning right. into it. Anyway, uh, overview. This is a Dolphins team that's almost broke the NFL record for points scored in a single game. Very cowardly, in yeah. my opinion. Did not go for it. Should have went for it at the end of that game against Sean Payton. All they needed to do was kick a field goal. Uh, so, losers. I think the Dolphins' reputation precedes them a little bit. Obviously, their offense is incredible. There's no doubt about that. You look at the numbers, not only do they rank first in yards and points, but like the margin between first and second in points scored is the same margin from two to 10. And I looked it up in yards. And by the way, the Eagles are second in yards. Uh, the margin, it's almost 100 more yards than the Eagles from first to second. And then the, that margin mm-hmm. is the same margin from second to 25. So like, obviously that offense has been insanely productive. I have been, I don't know if you want to say irrationally, I've been high on the Dolphins since seeing them when we saw them for that one practice in Miami when the Eagles right. practiced against yeah. them. That was like eye-opening to me because at to that point, was never like the biggest Tua guy, didn't really get all the hype. But then I saw him in practice, and obviously he's had a lot of help from his, the system, um, from mm-hmm. the receivers he gets to play with. I definitely think that's a factor. But to his credit, like he can throw it where it needs to be. He can throw accurately and get the ball out quick, and that is that is a skill. That's not just nothing. So, uh, yeah, I think that Dolphins team obviously has a lot of talent. I do think, as, as a general overview here, 
people are like the general tone is that people are like overreacting to the Eagles loss a little bit. And it's like, well, the Eagles are frauds and they're bad and they're terrible. And the Dolphins are just going to smoke them and have their way with them. And the Eagles are banged up in the secondary. So the Eagles have no chance. I, I can't, I, I understand where that comes from. I don't think that's insane. At the same time, this is the Dolphins team that lost by 28 points to the Bills a couple weeks ago. They're not like unbeatable. This isn't like, oh no, how can you possibly, they're good. They're very good. They're tough. And I think we should start with obviously this offense against the Eagles defense, but they're not, they're not, they have not been voted on by God as the number one undefeated <laughs> possible team ever in existence. Yeah. I mean, they hang their hat on their speed and they, I guess that when you think dolphins, you think a speed, think all about like the pre-snap motion that they have. They run more motion than any other team in the NFL. Tyreek Hill, man. Well, I think we think of like, like the, Everyone thinks of Justin Jefferson as the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I'm not sure, so sure it's not Tyreek Hill. Like, he's got 42 catches, 814, 19.4 yards per catch, six touchdowns. That puts him on pace right now for 119 for 2,306 yards and 17 touchdowns. Now, he's not going to hit those numbers, but it's the fa- probably the fastest player in the NFL. And, like, not, not just straight line fast. Also, like, super quick. Like, Deshaun Jackson was straight line fast as hell. And he was shifty, but he wasn't, like, mm. water bug-like shifty mm-hmm. like Tyreek Hill is. Tyreek Hill is both super fast, but also, like, super quick. Acceleration, like that. Just an insane athlete. And he can beat you in so many different ways. Jalen Waddle, J- Jalen Waddle, super fast, too. You mentioned how, like, you know, they're they're so far out in front of everyone in terms of points. And yards. Well, guess what? In addition to having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Model, they're first in rushing yards yeah. per game, 181.8 per game. First in rushing yards per attempt, 6.5 <laughs> rushing yards per That's attempt. College first number. in rushing rushing touchdowns, 15 of them. That's first. Rushes of 20 plus yards, 12 of those. Rushes of 40 plus yards, first in those with seven of them. But one thing I will say about their rushing attack. They have seven fumbles. They're also first in that. And that's something that like Sean Desai talked about during his press conference was like, how do you, I think Zach Berman asked him like, how do you account for like a speed mismatch? And he's, I don't know if it's a speed mismatch so much, but one way to offset speed is with physicality. And I think, you know, one way that, that, and he said that, you know, basically one way that they can offset that is by forcing fumbles, which the Dolphins have had many of this year. So I don't know. That's one way to look at it. But obviously, you know, getting back on track here with just basically what you think about when you think Dolphins. I mean, their offense is just insanely explosive with those two receivers with, um, you know, Raheem Mostert out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. The Eagles will uh, get a little bit of a break because they won't have to face. uh, I always thought his name was Devin. A chain when he was at Texas A and M, but Devon. Was Devon he added A-Chan. he added like the apostrophe at some point. Uh, I don't know if it was always there, and people like the draft community didn't have that in there. But apparently, it's Devon A chain. No, but that guy A-Chan. was averaging. Oh, A chain. Okay, I didn't even have that right yep. either. An insane twelve point one yards per carry. I mean, he only had 30, 38 carries when he got hurt. Yeah, but that's still but- like. He had he had 460 yards on those 38 carries, five touchdowns. Raheem Mostert has 
nine touchdowns on the ground. And then the, I, Mostert has two through the air. I think uh, HN has has two through the air as well. So the two of those guys combined, Mostert has 11, and HN has seven. 18 touchdowns combined by their two running backs through the first six weeks of the season is nuts. Yeah, getting back to what I was saying in the first segment, this isn't you're you're not stopping the Dolphins off. Like that's not happening. You're not just going to come in and like force them to punt the ball over and over. That's yeah. not it's not going to happen. This can't be Jonathan Gannon style defense where you're just giving up yards. Like no, I think it's time to invite variance, get aggressive, um, try to confuse them at some points. I think one of the biggest issues they had against the Dolphins. I was listening to the Ringer Philly special and uh, the, those podcasts that uh, Sheila has been doing with Sean Syed have been really good. And he was talking about how uh, I think after that game, the Dolphins were talking about how the crowd noise in Buffalo was kind of limiting some of what the Dolphins were doing Uh pre-snap, which is a lot of what they do. Um, Like the the Dolphins motion more than, it's not even not just like more than any team, way more than any other team. But, you know, being on the road and having to deal with the crowd noise can kind of create some confusion in there. And so this is a good week to be playing. The Dolphins are a good time in Philly. I think that home field advantage could be especially valuable in this circumstance if the crowd is, you know, loud and into it and, and creating confusion for the Dolphins offense. But, yeah, again, you're not just shutting them down. It's not as simple as that. I think you're, you're trying to invite variance, um, be aggressive. And I think it's, you know, it's tough because this secondary is really weekend. But like I said earlier in the this week in the Jets recap show, Jets secondary also was starting a couple backup cornerbacks against the Eagles. Yeah. And they were able to get around that because they're they won in the trenches. That's obviously not super easy to do because you have a quarterback again who gets rid of the ball much quicker than Zach Wilson does in Tua. But I, I definitely think that interior and again, that interior getting that interior pressure knocking Tua off of his spot, not allowing him to get up the ball. And also, here's the thing. If he's going to get out of the ball fast, I mean, this might be a week where, like, I'm not going to say it's as simple as, like, don't rush your pass rushers, but maybe a little bit more of a rush, rush must rush and be playing the passing lanes and, like, you know, like get Connor Barwin back here for, the, you know, those pass deflections that he always had. <laughs> That's right. I think, cause I think you need some of that because if you can knock them off schedule, too, I think that starts to give you more of a chance because all of a sudden uh, on third and ten, not going to be able to get the ball out as quickly as much as he's going to have to hold it a little bit and then give your pass rush a chance. So I definitely think uh, they're going to have to adjust. (laughs) And I think what we've seen out of Sean Desai so far, and I like that note about the physicality. I thought that was a good quote. Yeah, it's true. Like whenever, I mean, obviously you want to be physical every week, but especially this week, like if you get a chance to hit some of these guys, hit them hard and make them feel it and make them have to earn everything they get. Okay, so the one area where I think the the Eagles can, where they have a matchup advantage on that side of the ball is Dolphins' offensive line isn't good. So when healthy, the off the Dolphins' offensive line would look like this. So like from left to right, left tackle, Teron Armstead, great player. Left guard, Isaiah Wynn, not a great player. Center, Connor Williams, who you may remember from the Cowboys. He was their starting left guard for years. Wasn't that good for them. Uh, moved inside to center for the Dolphins. Uh, right guard, Robert Hunt, good player. And then right tackle, Austin Jackson, shaky. Tron Armstead's on IR. He's not playing. So ins- inserted in at left tackle is Kendall Lamb. He's got like kind of a journeyman guy. He's been with four different teams mm-hmm. since 2020. Uh, Isaiah Wynn will be at left, left guard. Connor Williams is on the injury report. We don't, ha- we don't know what he, what he did on Thursday, 
Or do you? He missed week four and week six with this same injury. Yeah. He came back for week five, but he missed two games with this. So, And it seems like he could be in danger of missing this week's game too. So filling in for him in the two games that he missed was Liam Eichenberg. I, when I saw that, I was like, what? Because he used to be a tackle. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he stunk against the Bills week four. I think he gave up like two sacks, six pressure, something like that. Uh, he had a penalty. Just yeah, was you're brilliant. playing I mean, a tackle Dolphins, at center. <laughs> Dolphins fans were killing that guy after that game. And yeah, you're right. So it was actually the first time he ever played center. So that's who their backup. That's what their plan was if, in case their center went down was Liam Eikenberg. And then Connor Williams probably came back too early because he played so terrible week four. Yep. And he wound up not playing week six. Eikenberg went back in, played a lot better than he in, in week six than he did week four. But if Connor Williams can't go... That is a matchup that the Eagles are going to have circled in thick yeah. red ink, Eichenberg. So it'll be him, and then Hunt will be in there at right guard, and Austin Jackson will be in there at right tackle. This is a this is not a good offensive line, but as you mentioned, they are protected because Tua gets the ball out so early. It's like I saw two three seven, I think, or two three eight. You had where are you getting the uh, time to throw? I have that I, I'm getting from I, Pro Football Focus. Okay, my I'm getting it. I usually get mine from like NFL next gen stats. Next gen stats, yeah, they have a two, three, whatever. But he's he he was he was like a tenth of a second faster than the next closest quarterback. It's actually a pretty big gap. Like a tenth of a second doesn't sound like much, but um, it is over the over the course of you know well over a hundred throws on the season. So I mean, the offensive line is not good, but. Because they get the ball out so quickly, Tua's barely taken any hits this year. So I'll be curious to see if they can, <laughs> even if you don't sack him, if you can just hit him a few times, see how he reacts to that. It's a big part of uh, of this matchup, and and I think you got to get to him early. And even so, even if you do everything right, I'm gonna say it again: like you're gonna give up scores. Like, you're just, you're absolutely gonna like the the onus of this game. I need I need to you know, do the table setting. The onus on this game cannot be like Sean Desai has to find a way to shut down yeah. Tua in this offense. No, he has to do enough to make it manageable where the Eagles can win this in a shutout, get a turnover, get a short field, um, force shootout. Yeah. I think you said you, you meant to say shootout, but you said shutout. Sorry. Yeah. A shootout, <laughs> not a shutout, a shootout, um, force the dolphins into a field goal or two, you know, <laughs> instead of a touchdown, like, any so what's a good expectation like i think if the eagles give up like let's say like the eagles give up 28 i was gonna say 30 like if you said the eagles give up 30 points in this game would you sign up for that i think you have to i think i would not no i would not sign up not at home Uh, i wouldn't sign up for 28 either Mm. i'd sign up for like 24 i don't think that's i think that's a if i think if they limit the Dolphins to 24. I think that's an amazing game, especially. Well, yeah, sure. But, but that's what I would sign up okay. for. It's not what I would, uh, you know, if they, if they hold them to 24, they're going to win. I would, Cause we should probably flip to the other side of the ball now. Let's take a like, quick break before we do that. Okay. But not to the, I'm not going to commercial, just telling you very quickly about righteous felon craft jerky, go to righteous felon.com. Use discount code BGN 15. This is the real key to victory for the Eagles this week. They actually have to make sure they eat and load up on their righteous felon <laughs> craft jerky. Sean Desai talked about getting physical. Well, what better way to get physical than to be loaded up on protein? And clearly the Eagles weren't having enough righteous felon craft jerky before week 
with week six, which is part of why they lost, but uh, they have a chance to correct that wrong and make that adjustment. So you too can join in on righttosellin.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. The best possible snacks in the land. Check it out now, but not now. Actually, after the podcast, Jimmy, you said you wanted yeah, to flip to the other side this. of the ball. No, we're not going back after this. Oh, okay. We're just Never going mind. straight to the the Eagles offense versus the Dolphins defense. Yeah, I mean, so we'll start with the injury report because, uh, first of all, Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, who they traded for this offseason, when they traded for him, it was like, oh, crap, like pair him with Xavier Howard and all the, you know, everything they can do offensively. And you know they you put them in a Vic Fangio defense mm-hmm. it's problems, but I think it was like, I think it was their second practice of training camp suffered a meniscus injury had surgery to repair it original expectation for him was to come back in December but they opened up the 21 day practice window on him this week he's not gonna play so like uh, Mike McDaniel already ruled him out for Sunday against the Eagles you don't have to worry about him but he's gonna be back way ahead of expectations. And when he is like their defense is going to improve substantially, but he's out. And then Xavier Howard did not practice on Wednesday. He did practice at least in a limited capacity on Thursday. I saw on Twitter. So we'll see if he plays or not. And if he does play, if he's, you know, if he's at 100%, but you know, as you mentioned, the Eagles got a big break when they didn't have to face sauce Gardner and DJ Reed last week. And only one of the Eagles receivers was able to, capitalize on that aj brown the others did not so they're going to need you know, i mean the eagles are going to need their receivers to capitalize on whoever Xavier howard is not covering whether that's you know two you know, two different corners that are like recovering the eagles uh you know two best players or Xavier howard and another guy uh they're gonna because their other their other corner um in my opinion stinks it's eli apple and then oh, you know the, I forgot the, the he's other on this team he, yeah he's, he's one of the worst <laughs> players i've ever seen and i he's every year like i watch a game i'll just be you know like a prime time game and i'll be see, seeing someone getting beat and it's eli apple and he's playing for a different team i'm like how is he on another team like why what's right. going on here and, so, and getting playing yeah. time <laughs> but he's been starting with uh with jalen ramsey he's start he's been one of their starters with jalen ramsey you out. Know when i was out on eli apple instantly like the moment uh, you don't know, but to like his mom was defending him on Twitter for something. I mean, that's also probably maybe not the best thing, <laughs> but that was actually okay. not. I don't know if that when that happened exactly relative to what I'm thinking about, which is when 2016 when the season, Giants drafted him as soon as they picked him. Well, you were like, OK, he's going to be. No, no, that's fair, too. It was when uh, the Eagles played the Giants, I believe, in 2016 and. Uh, he gave up a deep touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. And at that point, I'm like, if that guy's giving up a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar <laughs> at that point in time, that guy yeah. sucks. So, yeah. Yeah, so there, there are three corners. Uh, would be Eli Apple, Xavier uh, Howard, if he can go, and Cater Kohu, who's their slot guy. If Xavier Howard can't go, I don't know anything about this person, but it looks like it would be Perry Nickerson. Mm who filled in for him when he went out last week. That so, nickel guy you mentioned um, has been on the injury report too, I believe. Yeah, I think he was limited yeah. on Wednesday, so we'll see if he can go. But uh, I'd looked and I like I you know, looked to see mm-hmm. if it was likely. They seem to think he's, okay. he's going to play. Uh, but again, he might he's probably not going to be 100%, even if he did, does go like Xavier and Howard. So um, again, there are, there are matchups to be taken advantage of 
uh, in that in that Dolphins secondary. And you know, a lot of the intention on this in this matchup, of course, is is on Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle and the speed that the Dolphins have. Well, you know, the Eagles kind of have they they have the capability to make life miserable on opposing defensive secondaries every bit as much as the Dolphins, in my opinion. So uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are certainly no slouches in their own right. I also like this spot from a standpoint of like positive regression. I just don't think I think the Eagles got really unlucky last week against the Jets. Not I'm not saying they only lost because of bad luck. Jets deserve a lot of credit for how they played. But I'm not worried about, you know, Dallas Goddard happen, like dropping slash fumbling a ball like that again or DeAndre Swift fumbling when he's taking care of the ball most of this year, or um, what else? Like, well, that went... De- Devontae Smith, Smith dropping, dropping two easy wide passes. Open, like, yeah. I, I think the offense played a lot better than it looked because of... Lane Johnson only playing nine snaps. Yes, well, we'll see. <laughs> it's kind of a big we'll deal. We'll see, you know, obviously yeah. how long he can last in this game. Um, but, yeah, so I just... I feel like this is just from a natural regression in a positive way standpoint, I just feel like that is a, something going in Eagles' favor. I feel like they can't possibly be unlucky again like they were against the Jets. Um, I think their offensive numbers, I've talked about them in terms of defending Brian Johnson. I think the offense is kind of not getting, it hasn't been perfect. Obviously it's flawed. It's not as good as last year. And that's just kind of an unfair standard to set anyway, because it was never going to, even if they, even if Brian Johnson was like the best offensive coordinator in the NFL, I just don't think that the offense was going to be anything like last year. Um, But in any case, I do think, and let me know what you think about this talked about needing to invite variance on the defensive side of the ball. I think offensively, ideally, this is a game where you can kind of control the clock, which is something that Eagles have demonstrated that they're good at and shorten mm-hmm. the game a little bit and limit the amount of possessions that the Dolphins ultimately get and have to score. Obviously, they can score quickly, um, but I still think you want to cut down on that, and I still think you would like to go on these long drives and keep that Dolphins offense off of the field. Uh, do you disagree with that? I think it's a big pride game for the Eagles and particularly on their offensive line, um, which kind of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about in terms of being able to, you know, have long drives or whatever, because the run game just didn't work against the Jets and they kind of got away from it. But, you know, the Eagles backs had um, 14 carries last week, 33 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. And we've seen them in that like Jets are so their defensive like run game numbers weren't weren't great through the first five weeks of the season, but clearly they're going to be a good run defense because their linebackers are awesome. (laughs) Their defensive line is awesome. Like you knew they were going to turn that around at some point. And they certainly did against Mm -hmm. the Eagles. We've seen the Eagles run well against like very good run defenses. And like the saints, for example, in 2021, um, that, uh, the others are escaping me right now, but they've, they haven't seemed to care like much when opposing defenses are good at stopping the run. You they shouldn't. Run it on you, whenever anyway. you're good at something, you should be doing what you want to do and not worry about what they're going to do about it. And the offensive line, I thought across the board, like Jack Driscoll got his ass handed to him, of course, in that game. But the rest of the offensive line didn't, did not pass protect well, in my opinion, like other guys got mm-hmm. beat in that game. And I think there's, this is a pride game. First and foremost with the offensive line, I think they want to do a much better job in the run game. They certainly you expect them to do better in the you know in pass pro, obviously with Lane Johnson likely to play. Uh, but I think across the board, it's it's you know they want they, that 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 unit is going to want to play a lot better than they did uh, against the Jets. And then you know across the other positions 
on this team offensively, defensively. I'm sure they hear, you know, the the fraud mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> like that you alluded to earlier. And uh, you know, this is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year. It's a team that started five and zero. Oh. And I think this is the kind of game where they want to go in front of a national audience too, by the way, and kind of prove the Kelly Green again, hey, yo, we're, we're pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all I have. Anything else for you? Um, no, I think that's it. Um, I think we pretty much covered it all. Like the one thing I will note too, is like Dolphins defensively, just their DVOA 27th special teams or 30th. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their offense is awesome, but you know, other two phases of of their game you have not been great through the first six weeks of the season. It's going to be a high scoring game. Like I think we can all sort of all expect that. Um, it's just a matter of like you said, the Dolphins are going to get theirs on offense. It's just can the Eagles take advantage of this defense that's you know, not great and basically outscore this Dolphins? Yeah, game? the pressure is on the offense in this game. I mean, you might not think that's fair, like, but I mean, you paid Jalen Hurts fifty million dollars a reason for a reason. And I mm-hmm. think it is to you have to be able to you have to be able to play in a shootout. You have to go out in there and win in a shootout. You can't just rely on the defense. You know what happened last week? The defense came to play and they made the game very winnable. And the offense didn't live up to their end of the bargain. This week, yep. the offense has to do the offense like has to pay them back. The offense really needs to come to play and like yeah. bail the defense out a little bit here. All you again, all you I think you can respect realistically from the defense is like force some field goals, get a turnover or two. If they're doing that, I think that's fine. Offense has to come to play. And uh, they have to go out and dominate. Maybe Julio Jones will help them set the tone with his mindset of dominating. That's right. <laughs> okay, let's take a break here, and then we'll be back for our final segment. As who's that meowing? Is that, That's Butters. Butters yeah. is meowing. Where'd you go, buddy? Hey, Butters the cat yeah, is know. meowing. Jimmy's picking him up. Hey, Butters. He can't hear me. What a nice cat. Yeah. What? Are you, who's gonna win? He's a grumpy boy. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't like this. <laughs> yeah, he's not happy. Alrighty. We'll be back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, where I don't have a DraftKings same game parlay cooked up just yet, so stay tuned to the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter account at Bleeding Green, because DraftKings has not yet put up their full props for this Eagles-Dolphins game. But uh, throughout the season, we will be cooking up our own Eagles same game parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, the listeners, to follow along with. And as I said, stay tuned for exactly what that will be. I'm probably going to do something, you know, like Eagles money line, some overs. Uh, stay tuned for the real thing. Gambling problem. Uh, sorry, no. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. <laughs> Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for a problem. Gambling call 888 Eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 
Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources. Okay, Jimmy, uh, I don't have our yes. pick records available because I need to go back and look for those. I kind of got thrown off with us not both being on the podcast last week. We can figure right. that out. Obviously, I think we're both. I got all mine right, so I was four and zero last yeah, week. Yeah, where are you? Put me down for that. Where are you? Yeah, sure. Um, Let's just go with yeah, that. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Eagles game straight up. I think we're both five and one, right? Because we both picked them yes. to beat the Jets, so we're both five. I've one. picked them to win every week. Same. So yeah. Uh, all right. Only three games to get to, and we'll get to Thursday night football first. The Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars, coached by Doug Peterson. Shout out to Dougie P. Has the Jags and first place in the AFC South are playing against the Saints. The Saints are two point favorites in this one. Eagles have the Saints second round pick this year, which is why we always talk about the Saints. Yeah, first of all, like Trevor Lawrence might not play in this game. Probably I, I don't think he's gonna play. I saw a report uh, that he's gonna he is gonna play. Doug told ESPN that he will play based uh pending barring uh 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 pregame workout. Yeah, right. So, all right. Won't get into the whole that whole. I mean, this will right be now. outdated I, what anyway I do wanna... by the time. So, just make your pick. <laughs> right. What I, hold on. What I will say though is, you know, who their backup is C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard, you won a Super Bowl with a great backup in Nick Foles, and you're rolling with C.J. Beathard as your back. I know Nick Doug isn't the well, GM, but who was who, really who, who which team drafted C.J. Beathard? <laughs> Who wasn't the 49ers? Yeah, Trent Balky. What does that have to do with that? It's a oh, Balky, yeah, right. But come on, man, Doug, it's you got Doug's it. Fault. Butters, Butters is up on my desk right now. I uh, bet you Doug wanted Nick Foles, but they can't do I that. Hate when you're up on my desk, buddy, because you know they can't re-sign Nick Foles as a backup after having him as a starter. It'd be weird. Anyway, so it's a it's a bad backup for a coach like Doug mm-hmm. to have, given his given his history with backup quarterbacks winning Super Bowls for him. Anyway, uh, I, I'll take the Jags. I mean, what is the line even? I think they're Saints getting minus two. They're I getting said. points, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll take the two uh, and the Dugs. Jags. Jags are the are the, clearly the if Trevor Lawrence is playing. Then this is a gift of a lot like gift to I'm, Jaguars are better. Oh, and I get two points too. Fine. That line tells me that he's not okay. playing though. And also like they brought another quarterback mm. up. From their practice squad to the active roster yesterday, the Jacks did, and that kind of tipped off, like, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence is going to play. So I don't buy it that he's going to play, but I'm certainly not going to turn down getting two points when I think this Saints team kind of stinks, mm-hmm. even though they're three and three. They like beat the crap out of the Patriots and who also are Patriots, way worse. by the way. I mean, they, I think they're in contention for like Caleb Williams, yeah, of course, potential. Um, but anyway, the Saints they, they haven't beaten anyone and they've and their losses have been bad. Uh I just don't buy them even a little bit. They are at home, but give me the Jags. Doug also really good on Thursday night football. Remember that when he was with the Eagles? Like he always yes. like the Eagles played really well and it was part part of the thing was uh he I think he had mentioned with his <laughs> wife that like Butters is going after the microphone or rubbing up against the Jimmy's microphone. But his wife would always say something to the effect of like, why don't you like Doug's Doug's thing was he just keeps it simple ahead of Thursday night, like just doesn't try to overthink it since it's such a short prep time. Just keep it simple. 
And his wife was like, well, why don't you do that more often? Because <laughs> it seems to work out for you. So uh, Doug is the master of Thursday Night Football. I'll take the Jags to win outright. And uh, certainly I'll take them get, uh, getting two points. Let's move on to the Commanders, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites playing the New York Football Giants. I, I'll go first on this one. Um, okay. The Commanders' win over the Falcons was even less impressive than you think it was. If like if you look at the they got they got doubled up in yardage. That's what I mean, if you look at like box score, they like they lost every key category except obviously the most important one, the yeah. turnover battle where they turned yeah, De- Desmond Ritter threw threw him three gifts. Yeah. So I was looking at that box score and I was like, Commanders aren't good. This isn't a good win. <laughs> Like the the Falcons <laughs> right. were just worse. The Falcons lost this game, so um, yeah. I'm shocking myself a little bit. I think by doing this, but I'll, I'll take the Giants. I'll take the Giants to I win this game. I can't believe you're taking. I'll the Giants. take the Giants two and a half. Uh, Giants covered for me last week. I took them. I took them with the points. I took them because uh, they were, you know, they were getting 15 points. I'm like, I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to go into Buffalo. Buffalo's been inconsistent, and Tyrod Taylor revenge game. Uh, yeah, so Commanders are kind of frauds. Giants are are terrible. But uh, they did play well against – they beat the – well, they did not lose to the Commanders last year in their two matchups against them. They tied them once, then beat them the other time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. I think think both of these teams aren't good, and I think the Commanders are getting more benefit of the doubt than they should. So I will take Giants plus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I said I can't believe you're taking them because I'm taking wow. them too. <laughs> like, I, I have them winning this game outright. Like, if you look at the uh, so last ten years, going back, go last ten full seasons, mm-hmm. plus the one game the Giants played against the Cowboys this year, they are eight and thirty three against the Eagles and Cowboys. Eagles, we always talk about the Eagles owning them. Mm-hmm. Well, the Cowboys own them too. Yeah. Uh, basically, just as badly, they are thirteen. Six and one <laughs> against the commanders during that span. So without the commanders, the Giants have basically like almost no, no wins. NFC East wins. So like they, they've been feasting on the, on the, to, I mean, to the, the degree that they can feast with the bad teams that they've had over that span. Um, but if they feel like they're finally can win a game again, like you mentioned, they gave Buffalo a big scare uh, in, in the, was that a, that was Sunday night football, yep. right? And uh, kind of an entertaining game, actually. From I listened to most of that on the radio on the on, the, on my drive home from from MetLife, actually, when the Eagles Jets game. There you go. Um, but but uh, yeah, they feel like they're they're ready to win a game, a game again. I don't I don't care if it's Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor, whatever doesn't matter. Uh, I think this Commanders team is actually they're three and three. I think they're actually a pretty bad football team. And I think you're going to see them, you know, end up with like six or seven wins or something like that. Probably, probably like six. Uh, I, I don't think they're very good at all. And actually, oddly, I think the giants are a better team than the commanders, despite mm. how, how badly the giants have looked at times. I think they're starting to turn it around a little bit, maybe starting to get some kind of confidence and play a little better. Um, but I don't like, obviously, as you mentioned, they're both bad. And I, I think both, both, I don't feel comfortable picking either of these teams, but I think the commanders are worse. I think at the very least, it could be a very close game, two point, one point game. So I'll side with the points. I'll side with getting two sure. and a half points in that one. Okay, let's go to our final pick: Eagles versus Dolphins. Cowboys are on a bye. We Cowboys should are on the bye. Eagles opened as two and a half point favorites, I believe. That line dropped down to two. 
It is now back at Eagles. I think it went all the way down to 1.5. I didn't see that. I'll take your word for it. I didn't personally see that, but now it's back at Eagles two and a half. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I got the Eagles. Um, Damn it. I you know, wanted like I mentioned, to be the only one taking them. <laughs> now I feel worse about them winning. <laughs> I mean, I had my mind set a few days ago that I was going to take the Dolphins in this mm. game, but the more I kind of dug in on what they are as a team. Exactly. That's exactly I mean, have, my point. They have this. They have the speed at receiver, and they have the speed in the backfield, and Tua gets the ball quickly, and he's an accurate quarterback. And those are like those are major things. Sure. Like this will be the this will be the hardest challenge that you know any other coaches had to have to deal with so far this season that Sean Desai has to deal with with their with their team speed. They haven't had any kind of like matchup, you know, like that they've had to worry about to this degree to this point in the season. But once you get past that. They don't really have much else. Like, I think, like, Xavier Howard's a great corner if he plays. Christian Wilkins is a great defensive tackle. Javon Holland is actually an awesome safety on the back end. So they have, like, good players other than those guys. But it's a bad offensive line. Uh, As we mentioned, the defense just really has not played well this year as a whole. 27th DVOA. And, you know, yes, it's extremely difficult matchup with the receivers against a banged up secondary. Well, so do the Eagles have the same matchup. So you take like both teams are going to have significant wide receiver versus opposing secondary matchups, but you get past that. I think the Eagles are way better in the trenches and they have way more matchups other than the receiver versus the defensive back matchups. Eagles had that same thing going for them last week. Oh, how could the Jets' backup cornerbacks possibly cover A.J. <laughs> Brown and Devontae Smith? <laughs> right. So I think where I come down to this, I, I have a lot of respect for the Dolphins. I think they're great. I'm not trying to say they suck. That's not the point. But I think people have, like, the general tenor in discourse, especially right after, and understandably so, people, you know, emotionally reacting, reacting. But, like, after, oh, we lost the Jets. How could we possibly beat the Dolphins? doesn't work like that. NFL is not, uh, it's a week-to-week league. It is a week-to-week league. It's not yes. carryover, as simple as that. And I think people too much are getting into that mindset of it's just, well, if they can't beat the Jets, they can't beat the Dolphins. This team stinks. All these close games they played, the Eagles should have lost them all or like should have lost more or whatever. Like, I just think people are reacting way too negatively. And you know what tell, and you can accuse me of being biased, but you know what isn't biased? The line for this game. And this is an Eagles line. If the Dolphins were truly as if the, or if the Eagles were truly as hopeless as some people, more so nationally, I think, uh, want to suggest, the Eagles would not be favored by two and a half. The Dolphins would be favored. Like this reminds me of the going into the um, Dolphins Bills game in Buffalo, and that was I think right after the Dolphins had that uh, seventy. The point, that crazy game against the Broncos, the Dolphins were mm-hmm. two and a half point underdogs on the road. And I think it was such a sucker bet for people to be like, oh, the Dolphins are getting points on the road against the Bills, who've kind of been like shaky this season at that point. Oh, this is a no brainer. But I, I said it before the game when we were doing our picks for uh, TGI football. Very funny how Lily is just peeking in the background <laughs> of your camera there. Like, she just her stuck her head, head right around the corner. Yeah, I see her, I see her um, back there. Because to that point, <laughs> What are the okay? Uh, the Bills lost had lost to the Jets. They blew out the Raiders and the Commanders. So they 
I don't know why they were actually getting less than standard three against the Dolphins. But point being, I think too many people were in on the Dolphins and were discounting the Bills and uh, not comparing the Bills and Eagles directly. But I'm saying here that I think people aren't like giving the Eagles enough credit for what they've been able to do in the bigger picture. Jalen Hurts was what, 22 and one as a starter or whatever in his last 23 games prior to the Jets game. Like, and now, right, now they're frauds. Yeah, now it's just like, oh, the <laughs> Dolphins will definitely beat them. It's like, what are we saying here? So, uh, maybe it's just the contrarian. Lily is walking along the keyboard or well, they're, fighting they, with Butters. They're going to fight. Oh, okay. They're, yeah, they're going to fight. Nice. Yeah. Butters is leaving the room. <laughs> they're both up. <laughs> um, this is why we need to get the video going. He's Jimmy. skulking People away because he just got yelled at. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to take the Eagles to win and cover. Uh, Sunday night football, prime time. I think this, you talked about like a pride game for the offensive line. I think it's a pride game for the team. You lost to the Jets. Yeah. Everyone's saying you're not as good as your record indicates. Um, I, I definitely think that if this team is who we think they are, they will b- bounce back in this game. And if this team has built up some goodwill, and I think they deserve, I, they can tap into that right now in terms of like me being able to make this pick and say that the Jets game was just a one-off. Uh, an uncharacteristically bad performance for them. Well, you have the opportunity to go out here and prove it. And I think they'll get a lot of respect nationally. All of a sudden, if they do win this game, at least I would hope so, considering I feel like there's a lot of just pro, not a lot of Eagles energy out there. more on the Dolphins side. So uh, I think Eagles win, Eagles cover Kelly green. I think that's, that's, that's it. like, that's extra juice. I think it's fun for the players. The crowd's going to be, you know, really into it too with all their Kelly green jerseys that they bought this past off season. So um, I think it's going to be close again, because I think the dolphins are really good. I think it could be a field goal kind of game at the end of the day, but I will take the Eagles to win and cover that two and a half. What a sports lineup we have here locally, by the way, we got Phillies diamondbacks on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, well maybe Saturday if they don't need it. Hopefully not. Hopefully. And just, then, uh, and then uh, today oh, as we're recording this, Man, and I'm having all kinds of problems over here. And then Eagles on Sunday night. Friday. Yeah, I mean, again, Ooh. hopefully it's just, well, so we're recording this not too long before game three of the NLCS is going to take place, which interested to see how that goes in Arizona with uh, tickets there being like super cheap. Like 18 bucks, I think I saw. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a CS. It's I, I know the Diamondbacks. It's NLCS. Are, yeah, it's crazy. I, I know they're down 0-2. <laughs> I know like it's not like the most, you know, sports craze market. It's the it's the series before the World Series. Like it's a big deal. <laughs> right. It's you crazy. would think they'd at least be like what, like fifty? I mean, eighteen dollars. I sure as hell think you can't get a ticket for that for for a Phillies game in like no. May. <laughs> you know, uh, it just doesn't happen. You might be able to in May. Well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you get it on. I got some cheap ones this year, like right before. That's that LCS. Come, come on, come on, Arizona. That's, that's terrible. Like if you're a player on that team and you you just you just had these two games in Philly and then you go to this you know you go to your home park and it's like it's like tumbleweeds rolling rolling. I think there's gonna be a lot of Philly fans like, there. I'm interested to see what that's like. I kind of feel like a lot of players around the league who watch these series. Like, you know, that are since eliminated, mm-hmm. didn't make the playoffs or whatever. They have to look at Philly and be like, yo, I'm going to play yeah. there. That looks fun yeah. as hell. I agree. <laughs> you know? I think that's, that could give, I don't know, you know, what their situation. I mean, they're pretty locked in, I think, with their core. 
like Aaron Nola as a free agent, obviously, after the season. So yeah. that'll be a big decision to make. I'm still leaning towards not re-signing him, by the way. Not because I don't like... He's been awesome I, I, in the playoffs. I, no, I know. But I, I'm, I'm a little worried, like... Still a little, little ways a little to worried. go. Also, yeah, we're not there yet. And also, yeah, I will. I think he started the playoffs off well last year, too, and then it didn't really go I'm not so trying well to be a end. hater. I'm just saying, like, if he's going to go get his bag, go by all means, go get it. I just don't know that, you know. Anyway, that's a different kind of conversation. Very. We'll reserve, we'll reserve yeah. our Alan Nol- Aaron Nola. I'm not ready to make a decision yet. I'm just saying. After the season's uh, I'm over. still leaning yeah. towards not, but I could be convinced otherwise. Still. Still, uh, still time for that, but I think it's going to be a big Phils win. I don't know, big. I don't know if they're going to win 10-0 again, but I do think they're going to win game three. Um, I just don't even know that this Arizona Diamondbacks team has, like, I don't know if they're good enough to be, like, brutally. Like, I'm not trying to say that to be mean to them. I just think they. You know what's telling about them? Do you hate any players on their no. team? Do I know any players on their team? <laughs> right, right. I mean, exactly. I know like they have that one guy, Corbin Carroll or whatever. He's like a really good rookie. Yeah. And I know, and, and I've heard of Zach Allen before, um, but I mean, the Phillies just shelled him in that first game. Uh, but like the Braves, I could like, I, I, I'd be like, I hate six yeah, of these guys yeah, on this team, at least, yep. <laughs> you yep. know, Strider, Strider. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> This Diamondbacks team, I'm like trying to conjure up some kind of hate for them, and I just I can't do it. And they're not giving us, they're not giving the Phillies any ammo. I mean, they're game two is kind of just like a walk in the park, which I, it's fine. I'll take it. I was so I went to the Flyers home opener. So one of my friends, I'm actually wearing the Flyers home opener shirt right now. My so one of my friends uh, wanted to go to that, and uh, it was cool to be walking back. Uh, through the parking lot because that started at like six oh seven. The Phillies game started at eight. Uh, Schwarber hit a home run. I didn't know it was him at the time, but you just like I just saw all the fireworks go off, and I was like, "Oh, Phillies must have got a home run." And I looked it up, and it was Schwarber. That's how Nick Sirianni just told almost the exact same story. Uh, yes, right. He was he he, they were that. watching film, I think, and they, they, they out the window like they just heard a. Yep. And he looked out the window, and there's the fireworks going off, and it was, and it was, it was just what you said. It was the Schwarber home but run. One of the things that was funny about, like, I saw, I saw that walking up towards Xfinity Live, but then I was at Xfinity Live. They have like a big TV out there for people to watch, but it's funny to me because it's on delay. So, like, <laughs> you already know something's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was really funny because there was a hit where Bohm. Like, sent it, like, right to the warning track. I don't know if you saw that one. Like, it was almost out. It went right. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like, so I'm yeah, watching Seth that Fielder on TV, made a great play on that, yeah. And, like, I don't see the stadium, like, cheering at all. So I'm like, that's not going out. Like, everyone's, yeah. everyone's watching it, like, oh, is it going to go out? Like, no, it's not going to go out. It's <laughs> right. on delay. And the stadium's yeah. not celebrating at all. So that was funny. Uh, just a weird quick tangent I had there. Uh, any final thoughts for you, Jimmy? Um, Go Phils. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I mean... I'm looking forward to watching all these Phillies games, but uh, I hate all these night games that the Eagles play. But I think this one is this one's a, sort of an exception because it's such, it's such a fun matchup between two like really yeah. explosive, you know, personality driven teams. Yeah. Um, and I think the team that wins this game, like you know, they're they're going to be they're they're going to be number like probably like number one in the power rankings, you know, that the following Tuesday, maybe that the 49ers there. will be in yeah. there too. But, uh, but this is like, whoever wins this game, it'll be a statement. They're going to be the it team uh, of the NFL is what yeah, I would say yeah. after yep. this game, either one. 
because then it'll be like, oh yeah, the Eagles, oh yeah, the Eagles were frauds. Well, they actually just beat the Dolphins, and then our, <laughs> right. same thing. Eagles will get hate if they lose this one, but um, the Dolphins. Will sure. Be, but I think more so, the Dolphins will get credit for it being like this. Dolphins team's for real. They went up to Philly. They beat the Eagles. Yep. So yeah, I agree with you. That's a really good take. Uh, I think we've seen too many primetime games over the whatever years where it's just kind of been lackluster. Like even last year, what Sunday Night Football was the Packers game. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, the offense was awesome in that game. They did whatever they yeah, wanted. They went like, forty to thirty three. There was I think. a lot of juice in yeah. the matchup because the, the yeah the I mean the Aaron Rodgers got hurt in yeah. that game. It was Jordan Love? Well, even going the Packers that weren't game. that good yeah. at that point. Yeah. So yeah. Like, this is like this is a really true good primetime matchup, uh, and you have the again the extra Kelly Green factor. So just everything about this like it's just you have Julio Jones is Julio Jones is making his debut potentially. Like it's just like yep. there's a lot of juice for this game. So yeah, looking forward to that being at the link for that one. And uh, yeah, the Phillies thing was my final thought. So we'll wrap it up here by saying check out all of our sponsors for BGN Radio in the show notes below. In addition to our social media information, you can check out my written content at leadingyournation.com. Jimmy Kemsky available at phillyvoice.com. You can uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We appreciate the support. And Jimmy and I will be back with you early next week to talk about what happens in this Eagles-Dolphins game. So we will talk to you then. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N.